other. Let's go. The game is never over till the end. Deshaun Lowe's right side. Whenever that clock strikes zero. Caught DeAndre Hopkins. Touchdown, Houston. Yes. Yes. Game day is every day. It goes to the end of us. Five nights a week, the hits keep on coming. Fight for it intercepted. He's got it. How about that? Now, from inside NRG Stadium, it's Texans All Access. It is here at the Go Texans store, which is now called the Texans Team Shop. I knew I would do that at least once. It's kind of like the, the, the Chargers and the San Diego Chargers. And we are here oh, yeah. to do a special edition of Texans All Access tonight. And, hey, how about all the fans who are here tonight? This is awesome. You guys are great. You guys are great. We've got the food trucks outside. You want to stop by for dinner tonight? The team shop is open, and we've got discounts of up to 40% here. We've got jerseys 25% off. We have giveaways. We're going to give away tickets tonight to see the Texans and the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium, and it's going to snow tomorrow night. That's going to be awesome. Mark Vandermeer, John Harrison, Drew Doherty with you, and also to start things off tonight, the General John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. How about it? What's up, guys? We've got the general in the house, and Kevin Walter is going to be on a little bit later on. So we've got a big show for you this evening, and lots of fans here, and we've got tabletops outside, inside, all around the stadium for you to enjoy. Well, I hope you enjoy the show tonight because we've got a lot to talk about. We've got a divisional round game with the Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs, and I cannot wait. First of all, Johnny, you're eating uh, the wings, the stuffed yes. wings from the food truck. I'm eating the boudin stuffed wings, which I'm still trying to figure out how you stuff a wing, mm-hmm. but I don't really care. But they've done it. Because it they've done it. out, yeah. And it's phenomenal. So and you guys talk, I'll eat. Okay, and Drew, you ate previously, I guess. Yeah, I had some Cheez-Its and uh, peanut butter crackers. Right, I didn't realize this stuff was right <laughs> here. Good. Burning I, my nostrils, it's yeah. so hot. It smells good. Yeah. I had Sorry. Big yeah. Six Barbecue. They're also out here, yeah. and uh, those guys are like, give us a plug because, and you had stuff, it's called Stuffed? Stuffed. Stuffed. Yeah, Stuffed. Uh, but anyway, so with the food trucks are outside, enjoy, come on by, be with us. We've got a lot of people here already. All right, so General, how are you tonight? Well, I got up in Canton, Ohio this morning at 4 a.m., and I Jeez. drove to Cleveland, and I flew back here, and I went straight to Sports Radio 610. Then I came over here, and I've been doing talk shows in Kansas City and my regular ones. And then I walked out here, and I still have to write a column afterward. Well, we appreciate you visiting writing with about us. about DeAndre Hopkins, how he's 45th in yards in the first half, and he's second in yards in the second half, and why that is. Ooh, interesting. All yeah, right, a, so a lot more we'd production. All like, we'd all like to know why that is. Well, you be sure and read is... my column and you'll find out. Well, there you go. Uh, John, what's the vibe in Kansas City about this game? Because the vibe that I get in just following on the Twitters and on the social media path is that Chiefs think they're in the AFC Championship game already. What's the vibe? Well, I wouldn't say the Chiefs do. The fans do. I just did one of their radio stations, and they had a survey, and 89% of the responders Pick the Chiefs, and I'm thinking, what's wrong with the other 11%? Why wouldn't they pick their team to win at home with Patrick Mahomes and healthy and all the weapons? They're even the Texans are in good shape physically, depending on Will Fuller, and the Chiefs are even in even better shape physically. And that's usually at this time of year when you win, it's because you're in better physical condition and been much luckier with injuries. So they should they should have confidence they're going to win and go to Baltimore and play Lamar Jackson and for the Super Bowl. But, you know what, they were confident two years ago at home when they played the Titans and got beat. I was, think, I was talking to John Strever a while ago, and uh, we were talking about all the upsets that teams have had 
lower seeds going into teams that were heavily favored in the playoffs and pulling off stunning upsets, and that's what this would be. And then all the Titans have to do is win at Baltimore, and Houston would have its first AFC championship game in history. Mm. Against the team that left here. Wouldn't that be something? That, isn't that the way it's supposed Three to happen? Three times in five weeks against the former Oilers. You couldn't ask for anything better. It would be an upset, but would it be stunning? I mean, because you talked about the health of the Chiefs, and yes, they are healthy, but hey, compared to last year, the Texans are really, really healthy. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins was playing on a bum leg. He had a bum shoulder. You got Watson at full strength. And don't forget about the cornerbacks. I hammered this earlier in the week. In the first game against these guys, Philip Gaines and Lonnie Johnson played every single snap on defense against the Chiefs. Roby was lost for about a quarter of the game, and Keon Crossan helped bring you home. He had 27% late in the game. Now you got Garyon Conley out there. Now you got Vernon Hargraves out there. It looks like Jonathan Joseph is going to be ready to be the third guy. So I, I understand being an underdog. I do. Mm-hmm. But nine and a half just seems so extreme when you got number four at quarterback. Let me say, I'll change stunning, shocking. If the mm. Texans were to win on the road, the Texans have, have, have not made me think there's any reason they would start well. They've right. yet to start well. They haven't scored 30 points since October 13th when they beat the Chiefs. And they are, they are the fourth lowest scoring team in the first quarter. Slow starters, Chiefs fast starters. Chiefs t- led 17-3. to three. You know, Watson was 13 out of 14 for 193 yards. When they were down 16-0, the incompletion was Fells' drop. And, but can you against a really good team on the road, again, for a second time, fall behind and have to come from behind? I wish, and I said this last week on this show, I wish Bill O'Brien come out in a no huddle just to change things around. Why not? It couldn't be any worse in the first quarter for the offense. And I think the defense will do well because J.J.'s back. That helps Whitney Merciless. Jacob Martin, I wrote a thing this week. It's on our takeaways on Texas Sports Nation about Martin has four and a half sacks counting the playoff game. Jadavion Clowney has three. Now, I'm not saying he's a better player than Clowney, mm. but he is, has become a good pass rusher, and he missed two games at the end of the year, and he was a, made big plays. Sack, would he have forced fumble? Yep. And Whitney was great with Watt back. So I think with those threes rushing Mahomes, that they're going to have a much better pass rush than they had uh, during that eight games that J.J. was out. And to your point, John, if you end up getting a lead early, they're chasing you, they've got to throw the football. Not throwing the football is what they do, but now you're forcing them to chase, playing right into your hands and let your pass rushers get to the quarterback and do what you want, as opposed to the other way around where the Texans had to chase. Luckily, they caught them by halftime, and then in the second half they took over. But can Kansas City stop the Texans' run game? Um. Kansas City's defense is playing, giving up 11.8 points in their six-game winning streak. They were giving up 23.9 in the first 10 games. So their defense, for whatever reason, is playing so much better. They've cut their points in half. People say, what do the Texans need to do to win? It's simple. And I wrote this today, which is also in one of my takeaways on Texas Sports Nation. The Texans, all you got to do is allow one or less sacks. They're 5-0. and Mm-hmm. And don't make don't commit a turnover. They're three and zero, so that's simple. Less than two sacks and no turnovers. Texans going to the AFC Championship game. Wow, guaranteed. Here, here's what. I, all right, so yes, 
I now, like all that. Clear, let's you're not guaranteeing a win. You're guaranteeing a win if those, if those yeah. things happen. If they don't if commit a turnover and they give yeah. up less than two sacks, I guarantee you they're going to win. And you throw because they've won every game. They've been in that situation. You throw in Carlos Hyde running the ball 19 times or more. They're mm-hmm. six and zero. Oh, so you could toss that one. Well, that's, so that's an even Sean better Pender. one. That's I'm glad Pender you Pender told me that. Yeah. And the trend of loss win win would guarantee that we're going to win. That's a guarantee. We better run out and bet on the Texans. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, so good value now. What, what do you guys think of this, though? The General John McClain with us here at the Texans team shop. Mark Vandermeer, John Harrison, Drew Doherty with you. Now, I like the fact that the Texans enjoy, they actually enjoy playing on the road. They like being on the road. They've done well on the road Five this year. Five and three tied to all, their all-time record. And they don't panic when they're down. You mentioned it. They were down 17-3 to three at Kansas City, ended up pulling up the game. In fact, they were up at the half after falling behind by a couple of touchdowns. So, that was big, and they did run the ball well last time. You cited it. Kansas City's playing much better defense now. Things change from week six. I get all that, but I do like the fact that they beat them up there once before. Even though it was a different kind of situation, the fact that you've done it shows it's possible. So you're not going up there thinking, it's not like going to Baltimore, okay, which would be a little bit of a different deal, and I'm not saying they wouldn't have any. You may have to talk about that next week. I would so love to be, be able careful. to talk about that. <laughs> I would love to be able to talk about going to Baltimore, which I think would be very difficult, obviously, but yeah, you saw what happened last time, so it's harder to build to a case. I want to see the Texans go to Baltimore. I wish they'd gone to Baltimore in this game mm-hmm. because I, I'm not saying they'd win. But I think they, because of what happened the first time, Element of surprise. you'd see them play a hell of a lot better game. Yeah, of, of course, of yeah. course. You would think, and in that game, they were down 14 nothing at the half. They moved the ball several times into Ravens territory. They just couldn't finish the drive. Remember how bad Lamar Jackson was in the first quarter? Yeah, he, he, he was, was not terrible. On. Yeah. I'm thinking, what's the big deal? Yeah. Yeah, then we found out. Then we found out what everybody else – I mean, the one thing about facing Baltimore, and look, I, I hope we get to a point where that ends up being uh, what we're talking about next week at this time, but Lamar is ju- – he's such a different guy from a speed perspective than anybody else that plays that position. Mm-hmm. So he forces you to take different uh, angles in pursuit. If you're too fast, he cuts back on you. If you're too slow, he outruns you. I mean, that's the thing that Deshaun can do as well. Deshaun has gotten very good in reading – when is and I think he was asked about this yesterday at his, at his press conference. When to put your shoulder down and go get two extra yards, or yeah. when you have to jump out of bounds and when the journey is over. That's he something will that run has. a lot because he just had his career high carries against Buffalo last year, and that loss to Indy he had his career high yards in rush rushing. So in the two playoff games, he has run a whole lot more than he did in regular season, and I think we'll see him do that at Arrowhead Stadium. Yeah, because there's no tomorrow. I mean, if you don't win, you go home for summer vacation, and nobody wants to do that anytime soon, so he's pulling out all the stops. It's not like, hey, it's week three. We need you for the rest of the season. Of course you need him for the rest of the season, whatever that might be, even the fourth quarter if it's the third quarter. But I I love the way he took over in the second half of the Buffalo game, John, and said, look, legs, arm, whatever it takes, I've got to will this team into the end zone. He did it, and he's done it so many times before in – High school, college. Uh, can't wait to see the game Monday night between Clemson and LSU because they're mm-hmm. going to be running uh, Deshaun's touchdown pass to yeah. Renfro to win the national championship for Clemson. And I can't watch him enough. I told him uh, maybe early, I think it was last year. I told him he might add a few years on my career, <laughs> which my <laughs> wife loved, and because uh, she wouldn't have to put up with me all the time. And he is. I love watching him. I like. I wish they didn't ever run. I just want to watch him pass. 
John, I want to ask you this because this is something that Mark and I talked about right after the game, and we were kind of brainstorming, and there's no better person to ask. This building or the building to our right, was there a, has there been a better professional football win in this town than the one we saw Saturday? In the city. In the Taking city. Taking place in the city. There have been some good playoff wins by the Oilers outside of the city. The AFL championships don't count. This town. Well, they didn't play here on those AFL oh, okay. championships, but they beat the Dolphins and Don Shula one time over here when Bob Phillips said you can, he can take his yeah. and beat your and he can take <laughs> your and beat his and Bob beat his and. Yep. And. Uh, they had ga- games when the Steelers are still the greatest dynasty I've ever seen, the Steel Curtain, where the Oilers beat them when one of the most physical games I've ever seen. Yep. Saw them beat the Raiders with Kenny Stabler. They won a lot of big games, and they won playoff games. But uh, this, was, to me, was by far the best of the Texans, not the first yep. half and halfway of the third quarter. But because uh, I can't, we can't hear it in the press box. And my photographer extraordinaire, Brett Coomer, said – it was the loudest he'd ever heard Energy Stadium when the comeback, not when it just started, but when it had happened, mm-hmm. he said you couldn't hear anything. I wish sometimes that uh, I could be out in the stands and, and, and be part of that and hear it and experience it. I'm out there in the stands, and I echo what he says, and that's the loudest I've been in any stadium. It, it's right up there with what the Texans went through in week one at mm-hmm. New Orleans this year because that's the loudest road stadium I'd ever been in, and that's louder than Arrowhead any time that the Texans have played there in the last 10 years I've, I've been there. And it was louder in Seattle. I mean, it was electric. The water was, like, vibrating. Yeah. When the, when the, and th- we talked about this with Watt and with Justin Reed on the radio. They were talking about that with, with Arrowhead, and I looked at my drink at one point, and it was vibrating here in mm-hmm. NRG Stadium. Wow. In the fourth quarter and overtime was wild. So we got a wild. number on the Richter scale. Yeah, of some one. sort. Yeah, it was going. Yeah, I, I thought that because I could not hear myself speak, and that's happened a couple of times in this building. Mm-hmm. And I think 2011 is one of those times Falcons. that stands out to me. Falcons, maybe. Maybe the Bengals in the playoffs. Uh, and maybe the opening night of team history, September 8, 2002. But... I was just talking at points and hoping that it was coming out okay because even with the headset on, I could not, I could not hear myself speak. So you just sort of, it was a great feeling because you just knew that it was so electric. It was that electric. Now it's going to be that way for the Chiefs on Sunday at Arrowhead Stadium. It's going to be crazy. It was that way before, and the the Texans beat them, yeah, thirty-one to twenty-four. Can't you push a button and close that glass? Well, I don't, want, I don't want I don't want to close the glass ever. I will, I love the glass. In fact, Arrowhead Stadium, I've complained about this enough. They have permanently closed glass. You really? cannot open the window in the booth and I just think it's horrible. Well, it's cuz so, it's usually freezing. Well, I I'll take it, you know. I don't mind. I I want well, those windows open. Well, why don't you do like you did Hold in them. London? Find a place in the stands no, and broadcast from the stands. Because no, in London, I people don't worry about it. After that experience, I heard more about that. Yeah. They had to sit down and do the game. Yeah, I mean, they made was, us sit. It was, they yeah, made us that'll sit. That'll never happen. You have again. to sit because there are people behind you trying to do the <laughs> official league statistics. And I was thinking, sit? Like, I have to sit down? What is, it's like a, if you're at a concert, like a rock concert, and they make you sit. What is this? The symphony? I need to stand up. It's NFL football. And I actually had people walking in front of me. Walking in front of me while I'm trying to call the game. You know, and he's at the 20. Well, they did a great somebody... job. Didn't he do a great job? Oh, they, see, everybody's like, yeah, I think I... See, they so. you... they, these all, all these people were in... How many people were in London? They were... How many people went? Yeah, actually, were... a good, healthy So they listened to you. Yeah. So, um... 
When did you do a rock and roll in the uh, Buffalo game? When did I? Oh, when Watson carried three people into the end yeah. zone with him. Yeah. That was a rock touchdown. and roll. Yeah, that was that was nice. Somebody wants me to sell, say El Guapo. El Guapo. Yeah. Okay, there we go. El That's Guapo. Carlos Hyde. All right. So when uh, Carlos Hyde came to the right team, by the way, he came to the right team because we recognize the nickname. Of course. I never even knew about the nickname till he came here. I said, I'm using that. I love that. All right. So the general is here, and we're going to talk about what's going on around the National Football League and how it pertains to the Texans. There are some coaching changes, as you know, and other games going on this weekend. Who would have thunk it? Texans at Arrowhead on Sunday. We are at the Texans team shop. Join us at NRG Stadium. It's Texans Radio. I'm Bill O'Brien, and you're listening to Texans Radio. For all the latest news and videos on our favorite team, check out HoustonTexans.com. Now back to more Texans Talk on Texans All Access. Yes, at the Texans team shop, Mark Vandermeer, John Harris, Drew Doherty, and John McClain is with us. Kevin Walter is going to join us in about 20 minutes. Looking forward to catching up with the former Texans receiver who... Is that still the greatest touchdown catch in team history? I think it is. I'll take it. I mean, not the most acrobatic, not the most dramatic, but... But meaningful. Yes. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. General says yes. I'm going to go with that. So, John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. Now, you said you got it from Canton. What have you been doing? Are you you're on the special committee to pick out the the special Hall of Fame class, right? The greatest honor of my career was to be part of the Hall of Fame's 25 member Blue Ribbon Panel. It's a one-time only thing to celebrate the 100-year anniversary of the NFL. We uh, they're doing a special centennial class, 15 members. The reason mm-hmm. there's 15 is because the original class of the Hall of Fame had 15. In 1963, so I was in Canton for two days, 11 hours yesterday, going over 38 finalists with Bill Belichick, John Madden, Ron Wolf, Bill Polian, Gil Brandt, Ozzie Newsome, Dick LeBeau, and it was such an honor. And uh, we voted. We don't know how we voted, mm-hmm. and the results will be announced Wednesday. And uh, so I, next Wednesday, next Wednesday, it'll be 10 seniors. Three contributors and two coaches, and that'll, that's the only time we'll ever do that. And there were 13 of them, the guys I just mentioned, mm-hmm. and 12 of us from the regular Hall of Fame selection committee. There's 48 of us, and we will convene before the Super Bowl like we always do to, to, to uh, vote on a class, but it will not have seniors or contributors, just five modern-era finalists. John, how is this process different? Or was it different it from was the different. normal process? The way we do it at the Super Bowl is we vote on each candidate individually. And this one, when uh, we talked about the 10, uh, let's see, 10 contributors, we had the list and we voted for three. When we had eight coaches, we voted for two. And then there were 20 seniors. We reduced that list to 15. When we got the list to 15, then we voted for 10. And so I can't wait to see what the results were. And, uh, and, but it's no matter, people are always critical of who we put in, no yeah. matter what. But it's going to be a heck of a class. And listening to those people I just mentioned, I wish everybody could have heard Bill Belichick, who loves history. Mm-hmm. And he had done so much research. Dick LeBeau, been in the NFL since 59. Gil, right. Gil Brandt since 1959. Mm. And, and uh, being there with them and it uh, had a dinner the night before and spending all that time at the Hall of Fame and getting to talk to them. 
between uh, periods. We had breaks. And uh, but it was an unbelievable experience, and I'm incredibly honored to be part of it. So, if Belichick were still in the playoffs, he wouldn't get to vote, or he no, would no, vote he from would. Afar? He'd have probably been on a conference call because I told him I said I'm sorry you got beat, but it, it got you here. Yeah. So, and I love listening to his expertise talking about players throughout history. We went back to guys from the 20s and the 30s, and there was one guy who went to Texas. His name was Ox Emerson, a lineman. And I thought, boy, Ox, I wonder how big Ox was. Because you figure a guy named Ox is probably pretty big. He's 5'11", right. 201. Ooh, I was going to guess 195. But the linemen were much smaller. Oh, my much goodness. Much smaller. We voted on a perennial uh, all-pro tackle, Al Wistard, who was 6'1", and 214. And, and uh, it is amazing. I was talking to Laramie Tunzel today, and I said, I wonder if 30 or 40 years from now, you guys are going to be 7 foot and 450. Wow. I could be 6'1", 215 if I go to the food trucks right now yeah. and hang out there for another half hour. John, I think old Ox Emerson wasn't eating a lot out of the food trucks. How much, de- how much debate was there between these guys, these, these titans? Was just, of, uh, there was a, a lot. To pick. You know, we didn't, there wasn't much for guys in the 20s and 30s because we didn't see them. Now, yeah. they, yeah. the Hall of Fame dug out film and sent them to all the guys like Polian and Wolf and Belichick and all them and and they told what they saw. And uh, one of the things I liked it, there wasn't a lot of negativity. Right. And it was all people talking positively about these people. And uh, I wished, uh, I, I looked at the receivers we considered, Harold Carmichael, Cliff Branch, and Drew Pearson. And I was looking, I thought, you know what? DeAndre Hopkins already has more Pro Bowls and more All-Pros than any of those guys. Andre Johnson had more. And Andre comes up, what is it, one more year? It's coming uh, out. Five last years. year was 2016. Yeah, one more year. 17, 19, 20. Yeah. Uh, and so Andre will be the first Texan that I present if I'm still alive. If I'm alive, I'll do it. And then you I told Watt, I said, yep. I told Watt, he, he can't play too much. I said, you need, <laughs> you need to quit after about 10 or 12 years, so I'll still be around to easy, present Easy, easy. Because I figure J.J. is a lock. Right. We don't put receivers in for some reason on the first ballot unless it's Randy Moss. But based on what J.J. accomplished, uh, I think he's a lock to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, probably unanimous. Did Megatron make the top 100 team? No. No. Okay, he was a finalist, though. What did you think of that, John, when you watched that? Truthfully, I wasn't part of that, and it was during the season, and I kind of glanced at it, and I taped it. Yeah. And I'm going to watch it after the Texans are finished. And uh, so I'm not distracted by having to work. Yeah. But uh, Belichick was on that committee, yep. and he's one of the hosts. They spent two days doing that last uh, season, last off season before last. Yeah. And he's great on there too. Well, I just wish he what, was like that when he's talking to us in interviews. Here's what I don't understand: Why are they running those shows during the season? Those shows should be off season shows. I'd look forward to those. It's difficult, like you say, you're in the midst of the season. To keep track of all that. Now, my kid's been watching, so he's sort of forcing me to do it's it, which better is better than those shows they do, like player surveys that so-and-so's the 50th. Oh, the top when, 100. When I found out, like, 50 or 60 players vote, I paid no attention to that whatsoever. You mean okay. the fact that Deshaun was number 51 and Baker Mayfield was 50? Yeah. That I kind of think that'll change this offseason. <laughs> you think? A little bit. Maybe. All right. So, General, what's going to happen with Tom Brady? Uh, I think Tom Brady will re-sign there and uh, for like a one-year deal for like $25 million. Would you sign a 43-year-old quarterback? 
who's mm. been in the same system. He has more leeway there than anywhere else. He knows his coaches. What he wants Belichick to do, find somebody to replace Gronk. Get some receivers that can run the right routes and hold the balls. It wasn't Brady this year. It was the players around him. Yeah. And the Patriots know that. And Kraft told Peter King last week, Brady wanted to be a free agent. He thought he deserved it. So they redid his contract so it would expire. And they hoped to re-sign him. Okay. There's Kevin Walter who had the biggest touchdown catch in Texans history. They won the first division championship. Well, I guess Kevin Walter doesn't need a hype man because yeah. John McClain's doing it all for him. <laughs> hey, exactly. we were just talking about him. Exactly. Take him wherever you go, Kevin Walter. Kevin Walter's here. John, John McClain will be yep. a hype man. Kevin will sure. be on with us next segment. General Dallas, Mike McCarthy is the head coach up there. Your thoughts? I think it's a great hire. I'm sorry that Jerry Jones figured it out. And uh, <laughs> if you, people act like Sean Payton's a great coach and Mike McCarthy's not. You put their records next to each other, they're almost identical. Yeah. And I hate to say it, but I think the Cowboys did really well. Okay. They did, they and did I think really Carolina well. did really well. Yeah, I agree. How are you feeling about that, John? Down deep as a Baylor Bear. How I knew you he was gone. It? I thought he was going to the Giants. And then when I saw he got $62 million over seven years, I, who could blame him? He, Matt Rule did a tremendous job at Baylor. And now they've got a lot of agents calling him wanting that job. And so since the AD, Mac Rhodes, who used to be at U of H, hired him. I have full confidence he'll get a good replacement, whether it's somebody on the staff like Joe McGuire or somebody if he goes outside. What about Coach Judge now for the New York Giants? Well, he said he had a good personality, said all the right things, but he's going to go in there and try to be like all these other former Patriot coaches. Is going to go in and, and first thing, I don't know if it'll work so well there, like Eric Mangini. It's one thing to strong arm mm. the media. In other places, you can't do it in New York. And, but he sure came across well in his, in his interview. And to replace him, they can go get Chad O'Shea, who'd been here for years, who went to Miami with Brian Flores, mm-hmm. was fired. That's why Judge went to receivers. So Judge is gone. If Bill Belichick wants to, he can bring O'Shea back. What, John, do you know what happened in Miami? I mean, obviously, Chan Gailey got hired. But do you know what happened to O'Shea? He was there for a year and then out. I mean, and, the guy that he coached a lot. And he and Brian with? Flores had coached together forever. Obviously, he was not happy with him. And dusting off Chan Gailey and the cobwebs and everything, maybe that'll work out, but it wouldn't have been my first choice. And I the was thing surprised. with the Cowboys, I think Mike McCarthy was a great hire, but Dick Nolan – is I mean uh, Mike Nolan as the coordinator. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Nolan had given him a job when he was a head coach for the 49ers. The fr- a head coach's worst salary s- staff is usually his first when he's pay- doing payback right. for all the people that have helped him. And the ones that figure that out after that first year and make changes are the ones that have a chance to to be successful. All right, General. Thanks so much for Thank being with guys. us. Thank you, guys. We'll read the Thank chronicle. You very much. John McClain, here's the chronicle. Turn it over to Kevin Walter. Yep. Kevin's I'll throw coming these up. Headset and see if he can catch it. All right, and we're going to take questions from the crowd coming up in the next hour. They're here at the Texans Team Shop. We have discounts, deep discounts throughout the entire store. Great inventory here, up to forty percent off, twenty-five percent off jerseys. We're giving away Texans Chiefs tickets and a whole bunch of other stuff. The gang is here. Mark Vandermeer, John Harris, Drew Doherty, Kevin Walter coming up as well on Texans Radio. Can't get enough Texans Radio? We've got shows. We've got podcasts. We've got interviews. It's all on HoustonTexans.com. It's like Netflix, but free. 
Go to HoustonTexans.com and click listen for every episode of our Texans radio shows. Yeah, we're here at the Texans team shop. Mark Vandermeer, John Harris, Drew Doherty, and joining us right now, Kevin Walter. Let's hear it for Kevin. What's up, guys? So, Kevin, welcome to the playoffs once again. Oh, this is what you play for. This is it. All right, so I'll never forget. You know, it's funny because I remember you in particular just at practice in the divisional round in 2011 and 2012 and thinking about how special it was, and you just seemed to be so up for it and and the enthusiasm and everything you were so grateful to be part of this whole thing and that's part of my memory of of the first texans playoff experiences where hey we're still out there on the practice field and the other teams aren't you know you had 20 teams sitting home it's tough you know you know there's a lot of guys that play a decade in this league or more that don't even sniff the playoffs right you know it it is a tough tough time to you know get a shot and opportunity to, to get in the playoffs and then you know, everyone starts from scratch. You go out there, you execute, play well, and keep moving on. And this is an exciting opportunity for, for the Texans and for the guys, and, and uh, I can't wait to watch it. Kevin, you, the win on Saturday, when, when you're watching that game, what are you thinking? Are you kind of like the rest of us, like, oh, my God, this couldn't get any worse, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, they may pull this thing off. What are you thinking watching that game Saturday? You know what? The They're 60 minutes, right? I yeah. mean, the first half didn't look real well, didn't look good. Um, but you, you got a lot of explosive players, a lot of good guys out there and making plays, and it's, it's not over until it's over. So uh, it, it was a fun second half, and uh, that's one of the things, you know, this week I, I definitely think you need, to, you need to start fast. You need to have a sense of urgency. Um, going on the road especially, I mean, that's a huge task, and uh, I know the guys will be up for it. You were in the league a long time, played with a good chunk of quarterbacks. How energizing is the one that's here right now, though, and how much would you have liked to have played with him? Oh gosh, he's amazing. He is <laughs> unbelievable. This is the things he, you know, the play he had at the end of the game to set him up for that field goal. I mean, I, I think that's probably one of the best plays I've ever seen a quarterback make. Um, he's a special player. There's not many guys like him, and you know, he, he he's a leader, and people, you know, love love playing with him, um, love following him, and he's exciting. As a receiver, what is it like to play with a guy like that? What do you need to do that's different? You always have to be able to improvise, right? No, Keep you your head to. on a swivel. You have to because, you know, some plays might not work. You know, he, he might break the pocket, and you got to get open. You know, those are, those are where you get those big chunk plays. And, and for, as a receiver, you know, if you're covered and he scrambles out, you know, get open. You know, and that, that's how you get open, make these big plays, and you see that a lot this year. Kevin, obviously with a win in the playoffs, we always harken back to the first one. What do you remember about 2011 taking on Cincinnati in that playoff game? What do you remember, oh, remember about that, that being here? Oh, it was great. The, cl- the crowd was electric. I mean, everyone was excited. This, this place was buzzing like I've never seen it buzz before. Uh, obviously, J.J. taking that, you know, that, that touchdown back, that was, that was something else. I always remember that. Um, yeah, that was 20, yeah, that was 2011, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, this, the first playoff win, that's huge. Right. It, franchise. Was, it was huge. And, and you mentioned the Watt pick six, and it wasn't – exactly like this game we just saw but that was a moment that turned that game around really it was 10 10 at the time so it wasn't going badly or anything it was a tie game late in the first half but that seemed to open up the floodgates it was a score it, it just started the onslaught that would take place in the well, second well, that's half what happens i mean you, you you know making plays like that is contagious right i mean mm-hmm. you go out there you see something like that happen it's a game-changing play and you continue, you get that momentum going, and, and on offense, we continue to move the ball, played well, and I, I don't know the exact score of that game, but we, we won pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what happens. You just need your big leaders to step up, make the plays, and, 
everyone do their job. Yeah, how about the spark Watt provided this weekend with the sack? I mean, it really he, – he was asked, hey, was that the spark? And he said, well, if, if I was a spark – then Deshaun Watson was the fire that, you know, went after it. But what did you see when Watt got that sack? And were you kind of like the rest of us thinking, oh, maybe there's a little bit of a chance? Huh? Oh, yeah, oh, of course. Hey, there's always a chance. If there's time on the clock, there's, you know, there's a chance. You know, I don't think that play is a spark. I think having him out there, you know, start the game is a spark alone. Yeah. Mm. Um, he could have done, you know, he could have had five sacks. He could have done nothing. Just having him out there is a huge spark for this team. Uh, I know he's excited to be back, and he's going to do a heck of a job this week. Um, but, yeah, you know, that was definitely the fire. If you call that the spark, you know, that, that last play with Deshaun, that was the fire. Kevin, yeah, when you think back to the division around in 2011, when you talk to players, they always remember the wins. The wins are great, but they remember the ones that got away. And that was a game against Baltimore that, I don't want to say it got away, but there were opportunities to maybe tie that thing up and maybe get it to overtime or make, you know, get it tied and then maybe do something late. How often do you think about that particular game? The fact that man, we were just we were that close to going to the AFC Championship. Yeah, yeah we had a good team that year. I'll tell you that. Uh, defense played phenomenal that game. I remember going up to Baltimore, cold. I mean, guys making plays left and right. You know, we just needed to make a few more plays on offense. To tell you the truth, uh, we didn't get done. I, I, the defense did a heck of a job, and you know there was plays to be made out there on offense. And you know what, we, we didn't do a good enough job in offense in my well, opinion. Well, you were wide win. open for a touchdown earlier in that game. Oh, yeah. one. T- but TJ hit Andre Johnson, <laughs> yeah. and he was yeah. open. I mean, it's TJ Andre was Johnson. Wide open. How often do you think about that? Oh, I know that play. Exactly that play we're talking about. <laughs> oh, that, that's, I can, that feels like yesterday. But, uh, yeah, that could have been an early touchdown. But, you know, um, we just didn't execute as, as good as we wanted to in offense. What changes when you get to that next round? We always talk about the speed of the game, preseason, regular season, regular season, the playoffs, and then you get to the divisional round from the wild card round. What, what is that like, the intensity differential, if there is any? Well, there, it's a total di- different atmosphere from being at home, playing the playoff game, and then going on the road, playing a playoff game. It is completely different. Um, it, it doesn't matter, you know, we beat Kansas City earlier in the year. This is a whole other game, whole other everything. Mm-hmm. So we, the guys can't think like that. Um, it's going to be a hostile environment. You know, one thing in the playoffs, I'm not sure what the weather's going to be like. You cannot turn the ball over. That's the main thing. I know, obviously, on offense, never turn the ball over because, especially against Patrick Mahomes, um, right. defense got to create those turnovers. Um, start, start fast and, and execute. Those are the main things um, that I, I would say. You know, going on the road, you, you cannot have mistakes. You cannot have mistakes. Yeah, and you guys in that Baltimore game in 2011, oh, four turnovers in a game, you only lost by seven. I mean, yeah. if imagine just one or two fewer, you're probably going to win it or at least be right there in the fourth right quarter. Right there in the fourth quarter with a chance to win for sure. And, yeah, uh, yeah turnovers is a killer. All right, so here we have all these fans here at the Houston Texans team shop. Yes, yes, give yourselves a round of applause. You guys are wonderful <laughs> with the food trucks outside and – they're trying to win tickets tonight. They're winning all sorts of stuff. Every commercial break here, and it's just a great crowd. It's a great atmosphere. And right behind us is Bud Light Plaza. And when you guys clinched the division in 2011, you came out here and saw all the fans. Uh, and a lot of people showed up. That was so impromptu as a celebration. What was that like? Oh, that's incredible. Everyone's excited, and we're excited, and high-fiving each other. And you see, you know, see the support from the fans in the city. That's what it's about right there. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what it's about. Obviously, you win that week, and then you have the next opportunity to win next week and, and keep it going. But I, I know everyone's proud of the city. The city's proud of the team, and, and uh, that's what we're playing for. When you caught that touchdown pass to beat Cincinnati, your former team at the time, what's going through your mind as that ball's in the air? I know it wasn't a long developing play. It was a pretty quick, yeah, quick pop as it was, but you knew it was coming to you, right? I mean, you're the number one option well, on that play. I'm number one, but you, you got to look. You know, we had two out routes going, and then if that linebacker, you know, 
you know, basically catches me. You know, if he, if he covers me up, then I'm, I'm out of the read. Mm-hmm. He kind of went with OD on the out route. Um, and then, boom, I'm like, you know what? This is coming to me. Just, just catch the ball. It's a touchdown. You know, yeah. That's the easiest part. Just, you know, getting open, uh, giving the opportunity to catch the ball and just make sure you catch it. Is that just about rep after rep after rep? So you're doing it second nature at that point? So you're I not get, thinking? Yeah, you're not <laughs> thinking. No, no, catching the ball is the easiest part for me. Is mm-hmm. the opportunity to catch the ball. That's okay. A, getting my, open, running the route. Getting open, running the route. Getting open is not even, in my opinion, is not even the toughest thing. It's mm-hmm. Actually, the toughest thing is getting the opportunity to target thrown your way. Okay. You know, there's a lot of people that can get open this league. There's a lot of people that can, you know, catch the ball. But is the coach going to call your play? Is is right. whoever the quarterback is going to throw it your way? Is he going to give you a chance? Does he trust you? That's what it comes down to. Right. I Especially with a big... rookie quarterback too. Yeah, like you, especially with a rookie quarterback like you had too. Oh yeah, he, he yeah, Teej. I'll tell you what, that whole drive was fulfilled to plays from yeah. OD, from TJ, from yeah. guys just making plays left and right. Jacoby Jones in that pass interference call. That whole drive oh, gosh. was I unbelievable. About that. There was a play like a play or two before it, and mm. I didn't know this until this summer. But I've got the photo blown up in my office of you know you guys celebrating after the touchdown. TJ walked by because he's a coach now and saw that, and we were chit chatting, and he said. Yeah, right before that, I was going to go throw to the right side, and had I thrown it, it would have been a pick six the other way. But <laughs> as I was throwing, I fell down, and the ball wound up skipping to the right and going incomplete. So, huh, it's kind of a nice little turn of luck. It's, it's amazing hearing that yep. eight years after the fact and knowing what happened and everything that went after that. It would have been... that would. Game over at that point. Oh, yeah, because yeah, you guys were trailing. Yep, we were trailing. Yeah. He yeah, threw for 300 yards that day. That was amazing. I remember seeing the videos or the TV copy of his parents up in the stands. <laughs> they were like sitting way, on the drive. Way, like up, way up in the stands. I mean, I mean, that was incredible. And after we scored that, and you know, obviously the team was going crazy, then you see his parents just going nuts. That's cool. Kevin, what was it like in the locker room? Because at that point, you did not know that you had clinched the division. Right. So, you know, you guys go in the locker room after the win. You're celebrating the win. What are you guys doing in the locker room at that moment with the game that was going actually, on? I think it was Tennessee. I got some pictures on my phone. It's it's amazing. We were, we were sitting there all watching the small you know small TV here in, in the in the locker room. It's the Bengals. It probably wasn't even a flat screen. Yeah, it time. definitely was not a flat screen. <laughs> it's a well, we're, we're all, we were yeah. all there huddling up. I, I think Washington was playing Tennessee or, or Saints. It was a, yeah. it was the Saints. Saints yeah. yeah, playing Tennessee. Jake Locker for the Titans. And, and uh, when 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 they sealed it, when when Tennessee lost, and and we sealed it, it was. Incredible. There's nothing I think right now you can actually duplicate that. You know, you're being mm-hmm. there with your buddies. You're all there with, trying to win a football game on the road. You know, getting the you know, division. You know, yeah. wrapped up. I mean, you cannot replicate that. It was definitely a special time. Kevin Walter joining us. All right. So 2012. What about that? What stands out to you about that season? That season, I think we had an opportunity to to, to play better at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, we we didn't get it done. We should have had home field advantage, in my opinion. Uh, we just didn't play well at the end of the season. I don't know what exact record was towards the end. You guys know what the last four games were? Yeah, three. Out, well, you lost three out of four at the end, which yeah. was. But you won the playoff game at home, which was. I think you know, a, a lot of people thought at the time, well, so what? That's a hard thing to do, as we all know, to win a playoff game, and oh, you yeah. did it. Yep. But it was kind of a weird feeling after that, and then you had to go up to New England. Yes. Yeah, we uh, played Cincinnati again, right? Mm-hmm. Um, here and, and played well, guys making plays. Right. Um, but then we went up to New England and uh, just didn't play well up there. Yeah, you, you, it's a hard place to play in the playoffs, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we knew we had to go up there and, and play mistake free and, and execute and not turn the ball over. Um, and and uh, we just didn't do a good enough job. Well, you knew the Bengals well, but <clears throat> let me take you back to 2011. You just mentioned the Texans playing the Chiefs in week, week six, and now they play them in this divisional playoff game and how it has, you know, one thing has nothing to do with the other. 
But in 2011, when you played the Bengals, and it was in December, and then you played them again in the postseason, did that help that you had faced them before, or is it really the it, case where, hey, know, it's the playoffs and everything's different? Well, everything's different. Every game's different. You never know how it's going to flow the game, but the personnel is still the same, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of know what they hang their head on. They know what we hang our head on. Right. Um, but, you know, you got to change up the game plan, which, which we did, and you, gotta, you know your player a little bit, you know, the defensive back you're going against and this and that. You know them a little bit, you know, because you played them before. Um, well, yeah, it, it's definitely a different feel, even though you just played them a few weeks before. Kevin Walter with us. Kevin, at the end of the 2012 season, we, and nobody's experienced it here, we've all talked about it, getting a bye. How, how valuable do you think that would have been, either, either year, of right. getting a bye? I mean, none of us have experienced it, but how much do you think it would have helped to have gotten a bye in 2012, to have that first weekend off to be like, all right, okay, get some bodies rested up, let's get ready to go. Oh, I for think the that's next huge. Round. I think that's huge. That's what you, you play for. I mean, look at these guys at the end of the season trying to wrap up the number one or two spots because they know how important it is to get a bye week, get your guys healthy, get a little extra game plan, um, and, and just watch them football. But yeah, I think that's a huge advantage, in my opinion, you know, because, you know, look, look, look how many times New England has done that, right? Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. I mean, they. And in, in obviously this year, they, they got knocked it's out. It's been their recipe for success, yeah. essentially. Yeah. yeah. All right, yep. in the next segment, we're all going to take questions from the crowd here, all of us. And it's, it's going to be a unique thing because usually when we do player shows out, it's, it's just one kind of thing. But this is going to be for the group. But, Kevin, tell me this now. Uh, what are you doing these days? I know you're playing. I know you sometimes play golf, and you're really good at it, okay? <laughs> but did you think about the possibility of ever coaching? Because we were talking about T.J. Yates, and he's, a, he's making his way here as an assistant for this staff. Have you ever thought about that kind of thing? Yeah. Well, I thought about, I thought about obviously, I have three young kids. You know, they're 10, 8, and 5 right now, or 4. So you want to see them at some point? So I'm, I'm co- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, right, that. But I'm also coaching them, you know, coaching baseball oh, and, and flag football, coaching. So I absolutely love coaching. Um, as far as the pro or college level, I never really gave it a thought too much. Mm-hmm. Um, I love football. It's something I've done for my whole life. Um, but right now I'm just kind of focusing on the kiddos. That's a good idea. Flag football, what is it, five on five? Uh, it's uh, five on five. It sure is. Okay. Yep. All yep. right. Mark fancies himself the Vince Lombardi of uh, flag football oh, yeah? coaches. I'm yeah. more like the Bill Walsh. And if you, I don't, love if it. you don't know, just ask him. He'll tell yeah. you. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll tell Make sure you have about four or five get, hours, though. So. Yeah, oh, yeah, don't get me started on flag football see your playbook. <laughs> oh, yeah. But trying to get five-year-old kids <laughs> to run a play? I'm like, I'm like <laughs> Coach Boone and Remember the Titans. We run five plays, and it's like Novocaine. Just give it time. It's going to work. That's it. That's it. They're kids. Remember, they have very little memory. You just have to go with it, right? Come on, no false starts. Let's go. What are you guys doing? That's <laughs> yes, they f- false start. That's all. And do. no huddling. That's all, simple enough takes to too us. Much time. You know, a bunch of five-year-olds though. Eh. Yeah, and all they want to do is is run the ball, right? They yeah. want the ball. Everyone wants the ball. You only one person get the ball, not everyone. Hey, you played with a guy named Andre Johnson, and he was pretty good. So, what do you think of DeAndre Hopkins? Oh, he's a special player. Mm-hmm. That guy, he is making plays left and right. You know, an All-Pro this year, many years. Um, you know, having Andre here with him, I think that's such a huge asset for, for DeAndre. Um, just, just obviously, they played together, but just seeing what Dre's done uh, on and off the field as a professional mm-hmm. is such a big thing, I think, for DeAndre. And uh, that guy makes plays. That's all he does is make plays. Throw it to him, he's going to catch the ball. Those 50-50 balls, he's going to catch the ball. The way he, you know, just makes people miss, too, is run after the catch is a special thing. 
Um, that's why he's one of the best in the league. All right, Kevin Walter is with us. We're at the Houston Texans team shop. We're going to take questions from the crowd next about the Texans taking on the Chiefs and other things that are coming up in the conversation here. We have discounts of up to 40% in the store. We're here till 8 o'clock. We're giving away tickets to Arrowhead Stadium on Sunday. It's Texans Radio at the Texans team shop. This is Whitney Merciless, and you're listening to Texans Radio. Don't touch that dial, or else. Let's feed off each other. Let's go. The game is never over till the end. Sean Lowe's right side. Never, never touch zero. Caught DeAndre Hopkins. Touchdown, Houston. Game day is every day. A ghost still ahead of us. Five nights a week, the hits keep on coming. Fight for it, intercepted. He's got it. How about that? Now, from inside NRG Stadium, it's Texans All Access, presented by GEICO. Number two of the program here at the Houston Texans Team Shop. Mark Vandermeer, John Harris, Drew Doherty, and Kevin Walters sticks around for another segment here as we're going to give away Texans Chiefs tickets this hour. This hour, right? This hour? This hour. Big time, yep. Okay, that's going to be cool. And um, I don't think you have to be present to win, right? You just have to register here, and then you can just go home and wait to see if you won. But don't go home no, hang because on. you're going to be punished by us. If you, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, just, anyway, just embarrassed and shunned. Yes, yeah. exactly, shunned. Because we want whoever wins the tickets to really be here. Look, you don't, you're not required to, but it would be so cool. Mm. Anyway, we've got questions from the crowd now. Kevin, can you help us out answering some of these? Absolutely. All right, so let's have Debbie. What, what's your question? Good hey evening. Hey, Kevin. How are you? Good. How are you? Wonderful. What do you think the biggest difference was between the first and the second half of the game on Saturday? Hmm. Um, I think obviously execution, right? I mean, just just executing and, and uh, doing your job, and and uh, I mean that's really what it comes down to. I don't really have a specific answer. Um, so yeah, that, I mean, there's execution on the defense side of the ball, offensive side of the ball, all three phases. It's got to play a little better. Second, We're allowed second to half made plays. We're allowed to weigh in on these two. Cool. And so for, so for me, I think that, you know, obviously the Watt sack was big, and everybody talked about that. Yep. But if you don't do anything on offense, then it was uh, just a nice Watt sack, right? So that was a, a huge play, not just because J.J. made a big play, but, hey, you held them to a field goal, and it was 16 points, and you still were down two touchdowns and two two-point conversions. And at that point, the offense got going, and I think Watson's ability to run with the football, to improvise, to find ways out of trouble to keep drives alive. I think that really took hold in the second half, and you just started to get momentum. And I think football, momentum in football is a very real thing. But before that, mm-hmm. as Bill told me at halftime, they ran the ball. The very first play after the, the sack and the field goal and then the mm-hmm. kickoff, had the ball at the 25-yard line, right. and they ran Duke Johnson right at him 10 yards. Ran a little power play, 10-yard play. I like that, yeah. Back up to the line of scrimmage. They ran the ball through that drive, and it was a 75-yard drive, and Deshaun's 20 at the end, Duke's 10 right there, Carlos had a couple of runs in there, I think Duke had another run in there, They were, and I, DeAndre had a catch, I think, for 10 to 15. The run game picked up about 70 to 75% of that yardage on that drive, and it was as if they just said, we're going to right, go right at them and see if they can handle it and pound it right down their throat and just get our guys up front going forward. And I go back to what... Uh, what Chris Ballard told Frank Reich in the middle of last year, the, mm. the Colts are struggling. And Ballard pulled Frank Reich aside and said, look, 
Andrew's throwing the ball 50 times. We don't need that. We got two rookies in this offensive line. Frank, run the ball. Let them come off the ball and hit somebody. And from that point forward, the Colts ended up having one of the best offensive lines in the league because they were thinking about going forward and mashing somebody instead of going back and pass and protecting. Pass protecting yeah. And they controlled the game with the line of scrimmage. And mm-hmm. I think that was key because we started controlling the game on the line of scrimmage. Linemen love running the Which, ball. They want to go forward. Yeah. That's what they want to do. Kevin, yep. you've been in the yep. huddle with linemen. They oh, don't yeah. want to sit there and pass protect and yeah, dance. They want to hit someone in the mouth and go forward. Yeah, sure. What about yeah. the blocking part of being a wide receiver? Because you were really good at that. Yeah, well, I mean, that's part of the job, right? I mean, you can't just go out there and just catch passes. you got to right. be the complete receiver. Go out there and hit someone in the mouth. Dig, you know, dig a safety out for Arian or whoever's back there running the ball. Yep. Um, right. When I was there, and, and that, that's part of it, right? You can't right. just be a one-trick pony, right? You just got to go out there and, and wear every hat. That's why the coaches loved you. No block, no rock. You yep, also got to think, no too, block, no rock. in the first half, the Bills kind of shot all their bullets. You know, they had the trick play. Mm-hmm. They played almost flawlessly, yet they were only up 13 nothing. Yeah. So that settle happens in the goals. first half. They had to settle for the field goals. And then you got J.J. Watt involved. I mean, it's a lot tougher to, to, to pass. It's a lot tougher to run when J.J. Watt's on the field and he was on the field basically the entire end of the game. So that made things tough. And eventually you had to know that your offense was going to get things working against that defense. They often get things working. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes it, you know, Bill O'Brien always talks about, that's a little bit. Yeah. Pot down that mic when we're not, uh, when we're not asking a question. Um, well, Bill O'Brien like always noise? talks about a 60 minute game. What's that? You don't like that noise? <laughs> I, no, no. That feedback noise is not a great noise, but I do like the noise of a question. It's not noise. It's a beautiful sound yes. of your voice. What's your name? Wait, hang on. Let's get it. What's your name? Okay, my name is Cherie. All right, Cherie. What's so what your question? is the key to winning the next game on the road? What is the key to winning the next game? Come on, Kevin. Give okay, it to me? us. Uh, yeah. The key to it is, is starting fast. On the road, you cannot, mm. you cannot have a first half like we did last week. you got to start fast, have a sense of urgency in all three phases. Um, and and the, obviously what I was telling you guys earlier, I think – Turnovers. You have to, on offense, you cannot turn the ball over, and you have to create turnovers on defense. I, I say that every game, but specifically on the road, could be you know, it could be the weather can be bad up there. I'm not sure exactly what it's going to be, but that's the biggest factor in this game is turnovers, in my opinion. Keep Jacoby Jones from head a football that's moving on a punt. Yeah, he's that not on the help. field, so that's not yeah. going to happen. Easy, leave Jacoby out of it. Yeah, no, right. but that was a big play in that game because you guys can, to Kevin's was. point, you went right down the field and scored right off the bat. You got to, and then you get you get them off the field earlier. Like you got all the momentum in their building. You're about to take them out of the, and he goes and fields a punt that he shouldn't have. How many turnovers were in the game, John? I know, but that was a big one because that triggered momentum going the other way. It, it was a big moment, and I love Jacoby. Well, you guys agree. I mean, you got to get off to a good start. That's great. And I'm going to go back to what Johnny said. You got to run the football. I mean, you did yeah. it last time against the Chiefs. I'm yep. not saying that's an automatic that you're going to do it again. But hide it over 100 yards. You're going to find a way to run that football because it opens everything else up. And we talk about that almost every week, you know, playing clean, running the football. But that's so healthy for your football team, particularly in that building where you want to keep Mahomes as a spectator, not on the field, slinging the ball. I love it. And I'm going to add to that. Make sure Duke Johnson and Deshaun Watson are also heavily involved in the run game, have designed runs Mm. for Deshaun Watson because you want to hammer these guys. And these guys can get hammered on the ground. You did it once against them, and I know it's a different team, but you can still run on them, run it, run it, run it, and then run it again. And, and then after in, that, run it again. And keep in mind, you can run the ball, as I do air quotes on radio. You can run the ball in different ways. By throwing it to Fells. Fells. DeAndre know. had nine catches for 55 yards, yes. and I'd say of those nine, probably six were 
runs. They're extended handoffs. Yeah, and the Chiefs have a really tough time stopping running backs in pass coverage. Mm-hmm. Good so stuff. exploit yeah. them in pass coverage with the guy you just mentioned, Duke Johnson, where there's no match for him. None. Linebacker tries to cover Duke Johnson, you're in a lot of trouble. And I think that's yep. another way you can exploit it. It's another way to extend your run game, and I think that's a good way to do it. Okay, mm-hmm. let's get to our next question from the crowd, and it's El Guapo with the question. Uh, wait, wait, hang on. Let's get the microphone on. Did somebody turn off the mic? Okay. Well, let's see if it's on. We're checking it out. El Guapo, just ask your question. All right. First of all, I want to say it's an honor. I push you. I listen to you all the time. I'm Lance Shepard. I idolize you guys. But who were you most impressed with? Who were we most impressed with during the win Saturday? Is this a loaded question? All right. So, Kevin. You good? I, it, I mean, that is a tough question, right? I mean, it's a, it's a, it's but a, you're going first, so it's easy for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, go ahead. I'll tell you what, you know, everyone. It's a team sport. You can't just pick one one guy that's mm-hmm. most impressive, right? I mean, it takes everyone to to get a win, especially in the playoffs or any game. Um, you know, obviously Deshaun, that play, like I said earlier, that, that play was special, and that that was something else. I'll tell you what. Um, so I'm going to say him. You know, and it's easy to say JJ with, with his. Being here on the field, making making things happen, just him being out there, you know, inspires everyone else to go out there um, and feeling good. So, you know, Deshaun. I mean, that's that's my answer. That's Mark? a pretty easy answer. Well, I, I, it's obviously Deshaun, but if I had to pick another guy on offense, I mean, and look, it wasn't the most impressive thing, but I love what Taiwan did. He's he's yeah. a great story. He's a special teams player. He's an NFL veteran, and he's made his living basically on special teams. But we saw in that final game the week 17 contest against the titans where the texans rested so many people we saw him make plays and we saw him make plays in training camp we know that taiwan can do things and the coaches always said they knew it and then we saw it and that was really special because he took the football and decided you know i'm not just getting out of bounds here i'm gonna go make a play to win the football game and that's exactly what happened so i was impressed by that I Drew and I do a podcast called in the lab and we had this very question who are the cream of the crop players that were not jj and not deshaun and I said, well, what about Hopkins? Like, oh, you can take Hopkins. He had zero catches in the first half. And Tredavious White's mm-hmm. reputation as a shutdown corner continues to grow. Mm-hmm. He catches one pass and fumbles it. And you said, do you remember what you said shortly thereafter? You were like, well, he'll spend the rest of the game making, it, making up for that. Right. And then he did. Yeah. He caught five passes <laughs> for 85 yards. He was an absolute dude the rest of the game. Tredavious White could not cover him the rest of the game. And then to Kevin's point a little while ago, the Taiwan play, Hop is, is working back to Deshaun because he knows he's scrambling and then realizes, oh, Taiwan caught this ball. He turns around, he blocks White, and that freed up Taiwan to get probably another 8 to 10 yards. So he got a key block on that as well. So to me, DeAndre Hopkins was he, the second half. He was, he was maybe the best player in that building that second half. Deshaun routinely makes the amazing happen. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, we've seen this happen before. He's yeah. done this before. So, like, that was my original answer. But if you want to go, like, dig a little deeper, how about Whitney Merciless doing what he did? I mean, he's so much better like so many other players on yeah. this defense when Watt is on the field. But he's always around the ball. It always seems to be around the ball. This year in particular, when Watt's out there and had a sack, had a forced fumble, had four tackles, did a good job in, in the He's Mr. Game. January. He really is, yeah. <laughs> he <laughs> is. He leads the NFL in sacks in the postseason since 2015. Yeah. He's got yeah. seven oh, sacks. Great. It's amazing. That's, awesome. that's a huge statistic yeah. right there. Jacob Martin has been playing really well for mm-hmm. this team. When you talk about impressive, mm-hmm. when Jacob Martin draws a beat on a quarterback, 
He's like a five-year-old filled with Pepsi and Pop Rocks. It's just like shake him up and whoa! And I mean, he's gone. Yeah. He's humble. The speed that he plays the game with is absolutely phenomenal. I know there's alliteration there, but I prefer Coca-Cola since they're a team partner. Okay, next question from the crowd now. What's your name? Christy. Okay, what's your question? Uh, how do you think J.J. played on Saturday after being out for most of the season? How do we think J.J. played? I think pretty well. <laughs> how yeah, about that? Pretty darn well. Pretty, pretty good for sure. I certainly am not going to be that guy that sits up there and goes, eh. <laughs> not going to be no. that guy. I expected four sacks, four forced fumbles. Uh, it's impressive, though, because the type of injury, Kevin, right. and you know what it's like to come back from an injury. It is extremely difficult. He comes back from this one quickly, and he's effective during the game. Yeah, absolutely. He's just not, he's just not out there. I mean, you never know with that peck what, what's going to happen. If you're going to be confident making tackles, getting out there, putting your hand in the dirt, and and, and playing football, um, it didn't. Nothing phased him out there. It didn't look like he was worried about his, his pack, his shoulder, you know, his injury. Mm-hmm. So, man, he played lights out, and I know he, he, you know, he's excited as heck to go out and, and play just as well, if not better, this weekend. So, and we need him, and he's going to play well. You know, we talk about Watson being magical. Watt is magical as well. I mean, there's just something about him. There's something about the way he makes a play and the way the crowd reacts to him. And, and you brought it up early, Kevin, and I'm glad you did. It's a completely different situation when you're on the road. Of course, it's not like Arrowhead Stadium is going to be really happy when J.J. Watt does something <laughs> good on Sunday, but we will. And on the road, you know, Watt can show up really big. And it's funny, but we bring up that game against the Ravens in 2011, that divisional round game. The Texans got after Joe Flacco that day. Oh, yeah. I mean, Brooks Reed, I think, had a couple. And yeah. Watt, did Watt JJ have two? JJ had a tremendous game, yeah. I mean, they really the got after defense it. defense played unbelievable that game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. And mm-hmm. like I said before, on offense, we needed to make more plays. You know, that's what it came down to. Um, and, and we didn't. And we had such a, a good squad that year. And, and I, I think about, you know, I think about the game up in Foxborough. I think about that game. Mm-hmm. You don't get that many opportunities to do this. Yeah. You really don't. And uh, those are, you know, I've played 11 years in the league, and, and, and you kind of look back at those games, you're like, you know, wish you could have had those back. Any other stadium, thoughts on The JJ? stadium erupted when J.J. got the sack. But about a quarter and some change earlier, it would have gone absolutely apoplectic because there was a play down where Josh Allen was down in the south end zone, and I was standing back there as the, as the Bills mm. were moving the ball out, and J.J. anticipated a quick throw out, and it literally goes – through his hands, and I'm convinced with no harness, he's probably at least hitting that ball with two hands and maybe popping it to himself, and he walks in the end zone. With that harness, his hands probably couldn't get together, and it literally went right through his hands and hit his thumb. And I remember I told you right as it happened, I was like, oh, it went right through his hands. And I felt bad because I was talking in the middle of your backswing, basically. But it did. It went right through his hands, and if he catches that and walks in the end zone, the place probably would have fallen down. Yeah, Deja vu. That would have been unbelievable. Yeah. It, it would have been the same exact thing. The place would have fallen down. It, yeah. it, that would have been a surefire victory after that. All right, we have a lot of things to discuss here, but I want to thank you, Kevin, for coming yeah, by and being part of things guys. tonight. How Thanks about it for Kevin me. Walter, ladies and gentlemen? Paying us a visit. And next up, all right, so the Texans are in the divisional round for the fourth time. We're going to talk about the other times and what needs to change from those visits to the divisional round and also things that have to happen at Arrowhead at Sunday on Sunday in general as Houston takes on Kansas City. And by the way, here in the Texans team shop, we've got gear. We've got the Texans versus Kansas City shirt or shirts. 
We have the South is Not Enough shirts. We're taking orders for the Rock Boy T-shirts, and we're giving away tickets to see the Texans and the Chiefs at Arrowhead. It's all coming up on Texans Radio. For the most in-depth coverage of your favorite team and players, check out HoustonTexans.com. Don't miss a moment of your Houston Texans 365 days a year. Download the Houston Texans mobile app. Hi, here we are at the Houston Texans team shop. Mark Vandermeer, John Harris, and Drew Doherty with you. And a great crowd here tonight as we're giving away a lot of stuff. We've got a lot of discounts here in the store. And, man, there's so much here. Every time I come to the Houston Texans team shop, I'm just overwhelmed with the selection. The selection is so good. It's just footsteps from your office, man. It yep. is. It is. I'm, you know what? I don't come down here enough, though, because every time I do, I end up spending like three hours down here, and it's just not a good thing for my work productivity. Yeah, That's and all I, I've I got to say. Well, I, I bring uh, my uh, department's business card down here and try and load up, and <laughs> I realize who my boss is, and I'm like, eh, I better not do that. Yeah, well, you I know, better not do that. But I'll tell you what, as far as the holidays go, this is, mm-hmm. a, this is a great place to go. I got a birthday coming up this Saturday, not me, but... My son. Oh, yeah. It's a good place to get some birthday gifts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Things of that magnitude, it's a good place to go. It is. Anytime you have to give a gift, it, there's something here, no matter what the price range yep. is. Okay. So that's your Houston Texans team shop inadvertent advertisement or unplanned advertisement. All right. So let's get to this divisional round, fourth time in the last nine years. And we talked about it with Kevin that the Texans obviously went to the Baltimore Ravens in 2011. You mentioned the early punt situation mm. and three interceptions in that game four turnovers you lose by seven you're right you can't turn the ball over okay that's i just felt like that was a moment early in the game where you kind of had it going your way as kevin said yeah. you do have to start well and they did start well both offense and defense started well and then the one thing you teach a punt returner is that ball is bouncing get away and then you fumble it and, and yeah. i love jacoby i mean he, he's fantastic he, yeah. he knows he knew when he came to the sideline but that was like what triggered Baltimore's momentum at that point. And then you ended up, because the defense played so phenomenal that day, mm-hmm. you ended up getting back in the game. You know? yeah. But it's like you dug yourself a hole because that momentum that they used off of that. And you're right. Four turnovers, and you lose the game by seven. Yeah. You have four turnovers on right Sunday, in. and it's going to be an ugly flight home. Yeah, even though Watson threw a couple of picks yeah. in the first meeting, and you still won it. But yeah, we had, and you had a fumble, too. You yeah. didn't punt that. You did not punt at Kansas City because you had the three turnovers. That's right. You scored every other time except for the very last drive. Where you killed the where clock. Where you were killing the clock in victory formation. Yeah. It's, that was a really weird game yeah. statistically when you look at it. When you look at the turnovers, you think, well, there's no way you're going to beat a team like the Chiefs in their building. But they did. And I was just asked off to the side here, do you think that when – how do you think that makes the team feel going in? And I'm not sure it makes them feel anything, but I do believe it helps. You know it's possible. How can it not help? Yeah, you know it's possible. Now, it doesn't make you overconfident either because, my gosh, you're not going to be overconfident. You yeah. know you didn't play your best game and you still won the game, uh, but it's a different Chiefs team. They've won six in a row coming in. I mean, so much has changed since that afternoon, but i got to feel like at least the team knows that they've done it up there and they know the lay of the land, the locker room, the field, everything. I think, so you go back to these, these three other divisional games and you're asking how's this sort of stack up versus those. Let's go back to the very simplest thing. 
how are you armed at quarterback versus the other team? <laughs> so the first time you had a rookie fifth-round pick right. going against Joe Flacco, who a year later would be the Super Bowl MVP. The next time you had Matt Schaub, who had started to decline. I mean, mm-hmm. it really started that yeah, season. It did. That late that season, yeah. He was starting to decline against Brady at his peak. Mm-hmm. In 16, you have Brock Osweiler going against Brady. So who's close. Still won the Super Bowl that so year. Yeah. Now you have Deshaun Watson going against Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that's, a, a, that's the best chance you've had out of those three, out of the four total that I think you have quarterback. Now, there's a lot of other things that go mm-hmm. into this. I'm not saying the Texans should be favored. But I'm still just kind of a little bit surprised that it's nine and a half points. I, I am oh, too, I'm shocked too. by that. And I guess it's it's all about the money and who, who's going to bet. And I all still that am stuff, surprised but, yeah. about that because I would think if I were working in the desert, I would say, all right, that's way too much. Like so much money would come in on the Texans side to make it knock it down to six or five right. or something like that. More like a touchdown instead of nine. But there are plus. a bunch of jokers out there that are living on DVOA and all oh, the Texans DVOA, whatever DVOA stands for. And PFF has come up with. Here's here's what I know: the Chiefs' defense, as as John McClain pointed out earlier, they've given up less than twelve points in the last six games. Yeah, you want to know who they played? The Chargers twice, the Broncos once, the Bears. That's who they played. The Bears they, they can't score. Yeah, the the Patriots scored sixteen on them, and the Patriots were lucky to get to twenty on the Dolphins. Yep. So and and actually the Patriots had a touchdown that was taken away. They should have had twenty. They should have gone to overtime in that game and not won that game in in Gillette. But that said, they Philip Rivers gives away, you know, interceptions like they're Pez Candy. Mm-hmm. And they played him twice in that whole thing. So they haven't faced anybody from the last six games when you look at what they faced the first uh, ten games. Aaron Rodgers, uh, Deshaun Watson. They faced Jacoby Brissett. Brissett didn't really do a whole lot, but they ran the fool out of the football against yeah. him. So what they played in the first 10 games and what they played in the last six, mm-hmm. it's basically like the Patriots season in reverse. Everybody thought the Patriots were so great. Well, look at the first 10 games the Patriots played. It was the AFC East and the NFC East. Then all of a sudden it was Baltimore, us, Kansas City. They lost all three games. Mm-hmm. So from that perspective, I'm not totally sure why I can't. And, and by the way, we went up there and beat them in their building, and probably should have done it by a couple of touchdowns. So go for it if you want to. If you want to lay the nine and a half points and take Kansas City, fine. Now Kansas City might win the game, but to think that we're a nine and a half point dog is yeah, ridiculous. It, it does seem strange. And you know, I'm glad you brought up the game they played against the Colts because everyone talks about the game the Texans played against the Chiefs, but. I hearken back to that Colts victory at Arrowhead, and I'm thinking that's a blueprint maybe you can follow. Maybe. Where you run the football really well, you play a hard-nosed physical game, and you try to punish them that way. Now, look, they can do their own punishing. I get it. They've got good players on defense. They have Terrell Suggs now who's going to do something. They have Frank Clark playing a whole lot better. We can get into all the personnel but to me it could be a real physical hard-nosed game like the one the Colts played against them where Mahomes is getting beaten up and you got to find a way to hit the quarterback Watt Merciless Martin whoever's back there it could and that would be delicious but how much more delicious would it be knowing that you've got Hopkins that you've got Will Fuller and you've got Kenny Stills who was not there the first you don't know I think you do this it would be a don't wouldn't you don't you think I'll sign up for that Sign me up for Will Fuller, please. I would, I would be surprised this time if he's not out there. I was on uh, 610 in Kansas City. They have a sports radio 610 up there. 
and they were asking me about Will Fuller and, and the difference he makes, and they've seen the numbers, but how would you describe it? And I said, well, you know, in college basketball, because I know they're really into it up there in Kansas City, <laughs> where you, you're facing Syracuse in that 2-3 zone, and how do you beat a 2-3 zone? Well, you flex it, you mix it up, you move the ball around, you find the open spot. That's what Fuller does. He flexes the defense. He gets them to spread out. He moves them around. And it's not just Fuller as the burner. Fuller as the accomplished, precise route runner that he is really helps the cause. And, you know, they were asking me about Hopkins as well. And we all saw what Hopkins did the last time with the 55 yards. You said he was more like a running back at times, yep. extended handoffs, things like that. He's a running back. He's a tight end. He's just your best friend as a quarterback when you need to move the sticks. And that's what he was in that game. And I thought it was a huge game for DeAndre. And he's been playing so well, playing the physical brand of football you need to play. So, yeah, I, I agree. If you're able to have Stills, Fuller, Hopkins out there, you got Johnson, you got Hyde who had over 100 last time. I mean, that's really going to help your cause, obviously. Uh, you know, and I'm surprised that people aren't giving them more of a shot from the outside looking in. But it's fine. I think it's great for the team. Yeah, and I think it's wonderful for the team. Everybody pick the Chiefs to win on national media. Please do it. I mean, it's the same fan base and media base that was talking. You know, I think the Chiefs can be 16-0 and 0 this year. You know, mm. I really think. Do you know how hard it is to win every single game yeah. in the NFL? I mean, that's just, there's a word for it. I can't say it on the radio. But that's just ridiculous. And to the point about having the three receivers, Tennessee found out. Tennessee found out when you have those three receivers on the field, what do you do? Who do you double? Are you going to double DeAndre? Or are you going to double Fuller? Mm -hmm. You're probably not going to double Kenny Stills, but then all of a sudden you got Kenny matched up on Logan Ryan one-on-one. -on -one. Two well, touchdowns. Yeah. Logan Ryan is much better than the third corner on Kansas City. So who are you going to cover Kenny with? And then are you going to give some help with one of the other guys with Tyron Matthews? So where does Tyron go? Does Tyron kind of be a wild card and float? And, well, you know, he might just play, just play in the middle and – You've got a lot of decisions you got to make if you're Kansas City because with Stills there, with Fuller and Hopkins, they had a hard enough time figuring out how they were going to release when they were stacked and things like that. Now all of a sudden, let's bring Kenny into this. Let's put them in a trip formation and see what you're going to do because Tennessee, they couldn't handle it. So if you can't play man coverage, you just can't play man coverage because those three guys are out on the field, you're limited in some of the things that you're going to be able to do, which now opens some of the things in the run game. So... That's where it all can really kind of play together. It needs to play together. All right, going off of that and kind of expanding on that, they, they are much healthier on defense, knock on wood, than they were the first time around, except they just lost a rookie safety. Juan Thornhill. Who's That's been a huge very, loss. very important. I mean, so how do they compensate huge, for that? Because they're loss. bringing up a guy basically who's been a special teamer and a special team standout. But that's a different beast when you're playing special teams in the regular season. And here you go. you got to guard one of these three guys in the postseason. Well, it, it depends on how they're going to do it. If they're going to go with, with Tyron and with Sorensen, you definitely have an advantage there. Now, if you want to use Sorensen more in a linebacker role and put Armani Watts back there and play to Texas A&M, what you know about Armani is he wants to hit you, but he can't cover you. So he'll want to he'll, he'll – you get in his area and he's playing zone. I mean, he'll, he'll stroke you. He'll hit you. But he's not the best tackler in the world, but he's a pretty physical guy. But he's not going to be able to cover anybody. Thornhill could cover. He, if you needed Thornhill to go in and lock somebody up, because he had played two years at corner at UVA. So he's an athlete, and he was playing really well when he went down. That's a much bigger loss, Drew, than anybody even knows. To lose a rookie safety, this guy is a big-time athlete. Mm. He, what he, his presence allowed Tyron to do a lot of different things for them, just kind of float and do some things. 
Thornhill's presence allowed him to do that. Now I'm curious to see how they're going to do that with Sorensen and with Matthew and then Watts involved. All right, next segment. We're here at the Houston Texans team shop. Next segment, a little bit more on this matchup on Sunday that kicks off at 2.05. Some of the unsung heroes that need to make plays on Sunday and other stuff going on around the league, including the coaching hires. Who made the best hire? We'll talk about that. Maybe long shot hire that's going to work out for a certain team. We'll talk about that. John Jenkins. Ooh, John Jenkins did not get hired, did he? Long shot. Okay, long shot. <laughs> that's a long yeah, that's, shot. Yeah, that's a very long shot. <laughs> and what's Cleveland doing? Okay, and we're here at the Houston Texans team shop. One more segment to go. We'll give away the tickets. Let's do it. Texans Radio. I'm Bill O'Brien, and you're listening to Texans Radio. For all the latest news and videos on our favorite team, check out HoustonTexans.com. What are the experts predicting about this week's big game? Watch Texans Extra Points Saturday nights at 11 or after the late local news on ABC 13. Oh, we're at the Houston Texans team shop with a great crowd here tonight. Texans and the Chiefs Sunday at 2.05. Oh, man, I am so excited for this one. How can you not be? The city is on fire for this team after what happened last week. And you're at the doorstep of doing something you've never done before, but there's an obstacle, and that is the Kansas City Chiefs, and my gosh, they are good. How awesome is tonight? I mean, I, we were going to miss it this week. We normally go to Fuddruckers on a Tuesday, and yep. a lot of familiar faces mm-hmm. are there that make those events mm-hmm. so fun, and we got a bunch of other faces that we haven't seen. It's just so much fun. It infuses a little bit more spirit oh, yeah. into some spirit that was already high to begin yep. with. This mm-hmm. is aw- thank you to you guys for being yeah, here. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Thank you. All. You guys, you guys are the best. We showed out. So. You guys are the best. Mark and didn't get his milkshake though. I didn't get a milkshake tonight. Sorry. Wait. If y'all I mean if y'all had pl- you know planned ahead, somebody would have gotten Mark He's a milkshake. He's got fried chicken in front of him. Well, so that's, that's true. Yeah, he does the thing place. is like we have these food trucks out here, but there's no dessert food truck. <laughs> no, there's no dessert food truck, but I'm telling you I had the wings mm-hmm. stuffed. They're phenomenal. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Phenomenal. If the Texans do it on Sunday, let's meet again next week. How about that? All Damn. right? Let's do it again next week. And we'll and find a dessert food truck. I need a dessert food truck next need week. A dessert let's food get truck. somebody on that, okay? There's Thank somebody you. out there listening with a food truck going, well, we'll be there. We'll be there. It's going to be nine food trucks here next week. Yeah, that's fine. Johnny, uh, tell me tell me this. Better. The third phase of the game. By the way, Kevin Walter's still here shopping. I mean, Kevin Walter is like a regular customer here at the Houston, Texas team shop buying stuff, and it's got awesome. got some PJs from. Look at him. Look at that. Yeah, I don't think nice. that's going to fit you, Kevin. Okay? Yeah, well, he, always, he wears tight clothing. Those yeah, are that's him, true. So, that's yeah. true. <laughs> He's showing off his muscles. <laughs> yeah, it's Slim horrible. Fit. It's horrible the way he's let himself go after his <laughs> playing career. Isn't it amazing? He when you see he and Andre Johnson together, you're like, are y'all still playing? I mean, oh, it's I, amazing. No. Yeah. no, like we. So I was he done was playing. Once out, I was, I'll yeah. tell him. A, I'll tell you a story about. And while he's in the store here, he was once out to dinner with a bunch of Texans back in that era. You know, they were out with a bunch of the guys, and we were out with a bunch of couples, and all the ladies at our table were like. Who is that? You know, <laughs> I'm like, why is your voice like that when you ask that question? Who is that? How come your eyes are glazing over? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it was just kind of funny. I'm like, the food is not even here yet. Uh, anyway, sorry, what were you going to say? No, I was going to say, these guys don't look like they've added one pound since they played. I put I the helmet up the very next day I had five pounds added on. <laughs> I was like, I'm day. done. Like, I don't, I don't let myself go. Those two guys look like they can play tomorrow. Yeah, they do. I mean, uh, Cushing, Andre, oh, yeah. Dent on the staff. I mean, TJ Yates. Yeah. Good yeah. grief. 
All right. I give it five years. So, Johnny, the third phase of the game, special teams, yeah. that has got to be big. It's big every week, but, you know, every week I feel like it's a revelation. Hey, you can actually pin them back deep. You yeah. can extend the length of their needed drives to get into the end zone. You can do things to them that will hurt them with that third phase of the game. Yeah, and Drew said it, it was funny because I got on the bus after that Kansas City game. We're all feeling great about it and saw Tracy and Tracy Smith, and I was talking to Tracy. Uh, coach of special teams with Brad Seeley, and, and he said, yeah, I was talking to Brian Anger, and Brian said it was the first time in his nine-year career that's happened. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? And he goes, that he didn't punt in a game. And I'm like, wait a second. I'm going back through. I'm like, Jacksonville, he Tampa didn't Bay, yeah. punt. He didn't mm-hmm. punt today. Holy cow, he didn't punt today. Yeah. Now, I'd much rather have punts than three turnovers. Right. But you weren't more than likely going to punt in those situations anyways. And obviously, you fumbled in the first play of the game, which you, you were able to overcome all of that. But Brian has been such a great fit because his hang time allows those two gunners to get down, A.J. and Crossan or A.J. and Taiwan, to get down there and be in the face of the returner. And they're going to need it because Mike uh, Mikko Hardman is as good as it gets running Yikes. back punts and kicks. Mm-hmm. That changed the game against the Chargers. It's 10... 10-7 and a half. The Chargers go down and score. It's 14-10 to kick off. Hardman takes it 100 yards the other way. It's 17-14, and the game flipped right back to Kansas City in a game that they, they had to win. He talks about how you know there, there are very few returns when Anger punts the ball. Right. Well, when you look at punting stats, and I don't want to delve too deep into punting stats because it's just a radio about show. But you have uh, a guy who can just boom it, and that's his, you know, he punts it, and where the guy catches it, that's how far the punt went. Right. And then the net is where he was tackled afterwards. So basically how much uh, the difference between how much was punted and how much was returned. Well, usually there's a pretty big disparity, like five, six yards a lot of times between those two numbers. It's like one and a half yards with that guy. And he has been excellent all season long. He hasn't had to punt too much, but when he has, over half of them are down inside the 20, and it gives the defense a little bit more breathing room, a little more of a chance to kind of tee off on guys. And I I don't know if if Saturday's game was any indication, but there there was not a kickoff return. Thank God there was not a kickoff return, if you know what I'm talking about. Well, because we all remember what happened against Kansas City. But I'm thinking this. With Hardman, you probably want to kick it out of the back of the end zone as well. But it might be easier said than done with the weather factor. I was just going to say that. That's going to be a factor. And if you do end up getting wind, that's a problem. It's going to be key for Kaimi to get the hang time, which he can do off his kickoffs. Mm -hmm. He can get great hang time off those kicks and get them down there. And he is excellent at pinning guys into the corner where they've really got one escape route, and that is right. straight line, just go down the sideline. Whereas you kick in the middle of the, middle of the field where the I or the E is, the Chiefs in the end zone, and he's got an opportunity to start one way and then go the other. Yeah. That's where the big returns come in. Texans are number one in the league in opponent drive start, bad drive start after a kickoff, but a lot of that is about making the right decision. Let's not kick off to them right. on this particular play because if you do it at the wrong time or against the wrong team or the wrong guy, well, they can really ruin that statistic for you. So sometimes I'm thinking, well, why are you kicking it out of the back of the end zone? You're the number one team in the league and holding them down. Well, you are number one because you know where to pick your spots also. Yeah, they punished the Buccaneers with that because the Buccaneers were not good on special teams, and they knew, let's kick it just shy of the goal line and Mm -hmm. make them return it. They were popping them at like the 15-yard line consistently. It was amazing the field position change in that Tampa game. Every Mm -hmm. single drive was inside the 20 and mark mark would say it look if you use the 25 as your kind of baseline mm-hmm. that 25 is what you get for a touchback if you get if you get anything inside the 25 that's a win for your kickoff coverage you get outside 25 that's one for the kickoff return team 
They didn't even sniff the 25 when right. they returned the ball that you day. You get them inside the 20 more often than not, you're feeling really good. I mean, long field, we all know. Now, sometimes it doesn't work out. Didn't Buffalo have a big drive from their four-yard line? Sometimes it happens, okay? Not a, yeah. not a touchdown drive, though, right? And didn't Kansas City go 91 yards in the first drive after we stopped them and there was a penalty and put them back on the nine? You know, that's the other thing about playing clean. It's not just turnovers. It's those yellow flags, and you got to cut down on those uh, if you're going to have a chance in this game or come out on top. And, look, we'll see how it goes. I mean, you never know how it's going to play out. It, the funny thing about this this business to me, this whole thing that we love called NFL football is, you know, Saturday I'm driving to the game and I'm thinking, we don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be a three-hour movie, and the script is not written who knows what it's going to be? And then afterwards, we have this amazing drama to talk about with all that transpired, and you fell behind 16 nothing, and you pull it out in overtime, and wow, it's more than three hours. And what a tremendous thing that is. You know, we, ha we all witnessed this piece of history. We all want to see it again on Sunday. Not exactly the same way. I'd like to have a stress-free environment where it's three-touchdown lead in the fourth quarter, but... That might be too much to ask. In the I don't know about season. you guys. I couldn't fall asleep that night. When oh, I no, no way. I mean, How many people had trouble sleeping later, Saturday yeah. night? Yeah, yeah, see, they're all raising yeah, their all hand. It was fun. I was, yeah, watch, rewatch. Some people were like, game. no, I was hammered, and I just went right out. No. <laughs> <laughs> For some, yeah, I'm sure there were, there okay. were some that felt that There's way. There's nothing wrong with that, too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. As long as you're home and not driving, it's <laughs> yes. okay. Privacy of your own home. But now, what's interesting about what you said, though, Mark, is if I would have come to you and said, look, this is how the game is going to go. For this Texans team that's been up and been down and kind of been up and been down, if I had told you that was how the game was going to go, you'd have been like, mm -hmm. yeah, I can see that. I absolutely could see it. But then when it plays out, you're like, holy cow, that was amazing how it yeah. played out. But if I had told you it was going to go that way, you would have been like, yeah, I could totally see that. Considering well, this team and how hot it can be for stretches and then how cold it can be for stretches, I could have absolutely seen it going that way. But then the way it played out was just incredible in that kansas city interview i did today they described our season as it's been a very up and down year for the texans well to me more ups than downs okay of i course. mean when you go 10 and 6 and win your division that's more ups than downs i get what they're saying because you had a couple of games there that weren't pretty okay denver not pretty and baltimore not pretty but more ups than downs and i know there's the one two two thing you know one loss yeah. two wins one loss mm -hmm. two wins and it's played out all the way up until <laughs> let's just see if it plays out again on sunday i'll take that and then you know, try to break the streak next week. But the point is this, you know, I think that they've created a lot of great moments this year. They're going to have to create another one on the road, which is a place they like to be. I mean, they love, they'd rather be here at home, of course, but they don't mind being on the road. They feel like they're yeah, they good on the road. From it at all. Yeah. You know, no Bill O'Brien's always been very clear about that. They feel like it's, he doesn't say these words, them against the world, but I yeah. think it's the mentality. You know, they, they're in the hotel, they're sequestered, they bond, they ban, they go out there and do the job. And very often they've won some big games on the road under Bill O'Brien. Let's see if they can do it again. A couple of other things around the league here, guys. Uh, we talked about Dallas with John McClain and Mike McCarthy. Matt Rule in Carolina, anybody on board with that? I think it's a good move for Carolina. You got a seven-year deal. So to me what that speaks of is that's what it took Matt to get Rule, him. <laughs> Matt Rule, come in here, change the culture the way it should be. We'll keep adding players to the mix with Keekley and with McCaffrey and Shaq Thompson and DJ Moore. There's already a decent foundation there. Mm -hmm. But you come in and set the culture the way you want, the way it should be, and find the quarterback, and you'll be fine. That, when you get a seven-year deal, that's what basically you're telling that coach. You've got some time to build it the right way.
Yeah. After that, what he did at Temple and what he did yeah. at the situation he inherited at Baylor, it's, it's amazing. Hard, hard to argue against yeah. that guy getting an NFL job. It's and this is how much respect he had after a one and eleven year at Baylor, twenty seventeen. Chris Ballard called him to come be the coach for the Indianapolis. They Colts. knew how good he was. That's one incredible. One eleven. That's and that, they wanted him to be the coach of the Indianapolis Colts. That's pretty amazing, right there, Johnny. All right, so. With Judge in New York coaching the Giants, I, I've said this before. What was I saying before this hire, Johnny? Why doesn't somebody go after a special teams type guy yep. who might just be a good leader and he can hire good coordinators and take it from there? And I'm not saying he is or isn't. I don't know how he's going to do but I like the out-of-the-box sort of thinking there. It's the John Harbaugh yep. model, if you will. Go ahead and try it. You know, you're looking for a really good leader in addition to everything else, you don't just necessarily need the mad scientist X's and O's on either side of the football. As long as he, as long as Joe Judge is Joe Judge and not Lil Belichick, mm-hmm. I think it'll be fine. Okay. And I think that's something that he's got. He's never been a head coach. As be he himself. said today, it was pretty interesting. They asked him, like, have you ever been a head coach? He's like, nope, but I've been a kindergarten PE teacher. And I can tell you, as a kindergarten PE teacher versus NFL head coach, the, the difficulty level is about the same. Yeah. Trying to herd <laughs> a bunch of five and six-year-olds oh, into no. the gym. I mean, come on. I mean, that's, no. forget about it. No, if he said single mom, okay, single working mom, yeah. I'd be like, all right, you got the job because yeah, yeah, that yeah. is really tough. Like, yeah. you should hire a single working mom to be the coach of an NFL team. She knows how to handle her business, okay? Yeah. Dealing with those kids, the job, managing time. Okay, I know I'm being facetious, but it's, it, you know, there are other jobs. I'll tell you what, you want to hire a manager of a, of a certain situation? Look for a shift manager at a fast food restaurant, a really good one. Those people know how to handle things. Yeah. Well, Employee looks like issues, my goodness, they've had their share. And it's looking like another NFL hiring cycle mm-hmm. is going to pass Mike Leach by because he takes the oh, Mississippi gosh. State job. Yeah, he wants an NFL job, up. I'm telling you, he does. He does? Absolutely. He'd well, he's going to have to do a little bit better to get one, right? I'm just saying. He wants he's going to have to light it up. And I know he has on occasion, but maybe for a couple of years in a row, and then maybe if somebody If he does this in the SEC West, the SEC West now has Ed Orgeron, it has Jimbo Fisher. It has Nick Saban. It has Lane Kiffin, who will be here to kick off the 2020 season as they take on Baylor. In the and Texas now kickoff. you throw Mike Leach into that. By the way, mm-hmm. um, let's just put in a budget. I'm putting a budget request on air. Right. I'd like to go to the SEC Media Days next year. Okay. So can we make that happen? Sure. Because I would like to be there for the whole thing because it's going to be fantastic. You could theater. interview Drew though, and he he sounds like Mike Leach. That's true. Yeah, the, the thing of it is, is it wouldn't be legit. It would be authentic, <laughs> and that's what you want to get. That's right. See, uh, does Cliff Kingsbury's possible success help? Mike Leach. Oh, if, I, I was teasing. I, I mean, I think... He does want the NFL? He absolutely would love to coach in the NFL, oh. but I don't know that there... I, obviously, there hasn't been the interest from the league for that. But the so. thing is, if Kingsbury does really well and Leach does well at Mississippi They're State still and the SEC... Beasts, so, I, I know, yeah, I know, yeah. I know, but that would be interesting. It I would. think that would that might help him a little bit, right? It Possibly. Might. I mean, I, it, it might. I, it'll be interesting to see if you know owners would look at Mike Leach in a particular way, but you know, Steve Spurrier did not have success. He brought in an mm-hmm. offense that was very successful in college, and Steve just wasn't the right fit for the NFL. Maybe Leach ends up being a good fit. Maybe his, uh, what you say, quirky demeanor ends up working. Mm-hmm. With That's <laughs> one way to put it. Quirky. I would I Think about it this him way. as a Martian. He's from Mars. Yeah. yeah. I mean, could you imagine Mike Leach coaching this group? Like, just close your eyes and think of Mike Leach Coaching our guys. Uh, not going to work. be interesting. Is there a shed out there on the field? Just kidding. Kidding. <laughs> I am kidding. Like I think I, hey, when are we giving away fun. these tickets, by the way? Brooke, when are the tickets being given away? During the next break? 
Yeah, I think they're in the next break. Okay, all right. So we're going to do that. So if you are, if you registered today and you're listening in, we will let you know, okay? And the fans here in the store are about to know, and it's not going to be great radio necessarily, especially if somebody's not here who registered. But we have that's a lot of people here who are very curious about that. Anyway, we're going to get ready for Sunday. The Texans taking on the Chiefs, 2.05. We're going to be on the air starting at 11.05 from our watch party presented by Reliant at the Rustic and more information on social media about that and how to get involved with that. Sports Radio 610 heavily involved, of course, and they have their Texans takeover, so they're live right after we're yep. here, done here. We're going to go back to the studio there, and they will be live all night long and all throughout the Texans' stay in the playoffs which we hope lasts several more weeks. Want to thank our fans here tonight Yes, from the Houston Texans team shop. Have a great evening, everyone, and go Texans! This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610. Sports Radio. Let's feed off each other. Let's go! The game is never over till the end. Sean Lowe's right side. Whenever that clock starts, zero. Caught DeAndre Hopkins. Touchdown, Houston. Yeah. It's Texans All Access. Texans All Access presented by Daikin, keeping Houstonians comfortable with the latest cooling and heating products designed to save energy and improve indoor air quality inside your home. Check out their outstanding limited warranties and financing options at your local dealer and learn more at DaikinLovesHouston.com. D-A-I-K-I-N LovesHouston.com. Daikin. Here's the show.